Hello there, and thank you for joining me here in the chicken coop. This is Deba Cardi, and it is a rather cloudy day in the middle of July here on my little bit of Mount Hood. I haven't been with you for the last couple weeks, so we've got a lot to talk about today. Why, yes, I did say we were going to have a weekly podcast. Uh, and then we went and opened a new restaurant up here on Mount Hood. And I shouldn't say we opened a restaurant. We bought an old dive bar and took it over. It's called the Whistle Stop Bar and Grill. And it's up here in Welch's, Oregon. It's been around since the 30s. And the last six years or so, it was just starting to fall on some hard times. Maybe even a little before that. Had some new owners this last six years. In the first few years, they just did a great job. And then they moved out of the state and kept running it. But they weren't really running it. You know how that goes. <laughs> so... Um, one of the employees had approached us about buying it, and we did with another couple. This is mainly going to be the guy's project, but I have a hard time keeping my fingers out of there. So I've been baking desserts, and along with my husband, we're working on redoing the menu, making, we don't want it to not be a diet, well, we we like the idea of a fun dive bar on the mountain, which it has a, a clientele that really appreciates that. However, how about some healthy food? And we're not taking out the burger or some of those fun things, but having some good quality ingredients and, and cooking out of a clean kitchen, <laughs> those are the kinds of things that we've been working on the last couple of weeks. But it's really falling into place now, and I'm not there as much, and I can get back to uh, my schedule of things instead of running like a chicken with her head cut off, <laughs> trying to keep up on my list and as well as all the lists of errands I've been given. And I just really wanted to be able to sit down with you on a weekly basis, and I've just been keeping some notes instead, so... I could come back to things. Mm -hmm. Oh, the weather up here. Uh, this is not the summer that it's been the last three or four years. This is much more of a usual Oregon mountain summer. I kind of got used to those wonderfully hot Julys. I even planted 12 tomato plants this year thinking this is the year. It's going to be super hot and I'm going to have tons of tomatoes. But this is pretty usual. We get a few warm days, we get some rain, we get these cloudy days. So you'll notice that the theme for this week, the title of this podcast is The Energy of Life. And a lot of that has to do with what I'm observing in the garden right now. When I'm going out there, even though yeah, my tomatoes are green, they're not ripening the way they are for our farmers farther down on the hill, but everything's growing. My chamomile is in full bloom. 
my basil is looking pretty good. We had a terrible hailstorm here a couple weeks ago, defoliated all of the basil, and I lost 15 plants. I grow a lot of basil for our restaurant in Portland as well as preserving for us here, and I sell some at the farmer's market. Right now, it's finally bouncing back, and that is really amazing to me because it, we haven't had one day where we have full sun and heat above 75. Um, I've had a couple days where we'll have full sun for a few hours, but next week it looks like summer will finally be here, and I think things will really take off. But there is this energy. The plants know what they want to do at this time of year, and so they are continuing to grow and bloom and be. They just might not be... Um, happening as fully realized. So in the case of the basil, it's great because they're not going to flower and seed as quickly. But when you have those cold nights or uh, too much rain, basil in particular becomes too thick. You lose those tender leaves and that really takes away the flavor. So we've been trying to protect on the cold days by putting hoods on the beds. And now I'm able to take them off as things are slowly starting to get back to normal. But as I look over the garden, my Ella campaign is starting to bloom. My mugwort, my motherwort, everything is in beautiful bloom. The wild roses were almost a month late, but now they're just beautiful. And the same with the echinacea. It's growing and it should have bloomed probably, I mean, 10 days ago, really, because the flowers, buds are there and opening slowly, slowly. So I'm just keeping an eye on everything so I don't miss any seasons. The other uh, late bloomer for us up here, and this one is a yearly, is the St. John's Wort, which is a beautiful yellow flower that when you infuse it in either oil or alcohol, it turns bright red. And traditionally, that is a plant that blooms at the summer solstice, June 21st. Mine just really is ramped up within the last two weeks. So, it looks beautiful. Everything out there is looking lovely and is coming along, but it's just a little behind schedule. Now, what happens within our own bodies when we have this stagnancy, when um, we're not blooming according to schedule, or maybe bloom isn't even the word? What if we are either because of outside influences or we're getting off of where our bodies really want to be. Like for me, when I am spending time in my garden, when I'm working with creativity, whether I'm cooking in a kitchen or working with my herbal products or knitting, whatever those creative uh, aspects are, I feel so much myself and I know that I am in my own space and in my own body and doing uh, what I should be doing. But when I end up with these days where I am just running tons of errands and I'm not able to eat at regular times and I'm not eating healthy, all of a sudden I realize I just start feeling stagnant. 
I'm not growing. I'm not blooming. Just like those plants. Things are not running according to schedule. Now, if this was in fall and this was happening, those plants be perfectly happy because they wouldn't be thinking about flowering. They'd be thinking about going to seed. But when you are at a point in your life where you know what the things are that are going to make you feel really good and healthy, both mentally and physically, and you don't allow yourself to live in those moments and be the person that you really know you can and should be, that's when we start experiencing dis-ease, disease. That's when we start getting unhealthy. It can be unhealthy mind-wise, using you know negative talk in your head, putting yourself down, making yourself feel guilty or shame for things, or it can literally be physical. And for a lot of people, and especially in westernized countries, there are so many gut problems now because we feel so much in our gut. We carry our stress in our gut. And when we're doing that, that's because we're not going with our own flow. So yes, there are times when there's just nothing you can do to help that, which has been my last two weeks. I knew this was going to be happening. I didn't expect as much involvement as I had. Silly me. (laughs) And I know I'm going to have more and more of this, and it'll be an ebb and flow for me. But once you get aware of, hey, I'm feeling like this because I'm doing all these things, that's when you can make some changes. You might not be able to make changes within your schedule, but I'm like, I need to start eating more vegetables. I need to get some lettuces. I need to get less meat in my diet. I mean, and this is just specifically for me. I had this, I need to get make sure I'm getting protein, but then I'm, so I have more energy But the problem is I wasn't getting this balance and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I need (laughs) some vegetables and lettuce and I just needed big salads. So last night for dinner, we had um, sauteed veggies and greens over rice um, with uh, a little bit of spicy Korean hot sauce and lots of sesame seeds and fresh herbs, all from our farmer's market in our garden. And it felt so good. I just felt nourished. And today I'm drinking a big pot of tea with nettles and linden flower and lemon balm and red clover. Red clover and nettles both have tons of potassium and magnesium. Nettles have so many micronutrients and uh, minerals, vitamins, that has its own protein. And so when you're feeling like you you need to, to just boost up on these things, making a tea and just I steep it for a good hour and then I'm just sipping that throughout the day. I don't even strain it. I just don't start drink it and drinking it until it gets to that wonderful, um, uh, it's been simmered long enough. So when you have a tea that is less, steeped for less than 10 minutes, you're getting wonderful flavor, but you're probably not getting the full medicinal benefits. The longer you steep a tea, and I especially like to do this with nettles, I've talked about nettles before here, um, you start breaking down the cell walls and really pulling out 
those minerals, those vitamins. So that's what's on my agenda for today. So keep in mind, herbs can help. Food can help. This is where they talk about food as medicine. You know, just what are the things that you need to do? Um, I also am making sure that I am getting at least an hour outside, if not more. And on the other day, I really had to get some soaps made. I just took the whole project outside and stopped making them indoors. So I was getting some sun on my head and some clouds on my head, but just some light <laughs> and fresh air and being able to hear and see my animals and just um, being able to nourish myself with some vitamin N, nature. <laughs> and then there's those animals. Oh, they touch my heart. Our new kitty, uh, Ramos, is doing fabulously. And I'm not sure that I actually talked about I don't think we've had him since our last podcast. Um, we um, wanted a new cat to replace the kitty we lost in the wintertime, my sweet little Julius Caesar. Uh, and Ramos came to us from a woman here in the village, but she wasn't able to keep him because he does not love dogs, which is fine. We only had another cat. These two, after the last two weeks, are starting to make a friendship a little bit. You know, some days are better than others. Some days they decide they want to hang out in different rooms. <laughs> We're working on that. But our little garden rabbit, Ava Bumbun, who lives under the garden shed, uh, she and Ramos have become the best of friends. And she waits for him every morning at the back door, and they will play for hours outside. A couple days ago, and I really wish I would have gotten a video of this, there was a young deer in the yard, and he's just staring at the rabbit, and they're standing kind of in a line and both looking at me, facing me, and I realized they were the exact same color. And then here comes Ramos, and they both turn to look, and the deer was so uh, enamored of the cat and moving towards the cat, and they were kind of sniffing each other's noses, and all of a sudden, the rabbit ran in between the deer's legs unexpectedly. The deer jumped in the air. They all kind of ran around each other and then just dispersed in three different directions. <laughs> It was the best. <laughs> That's why I love being outside up here. You never know um, which animals are going to be taking center stage at any minute. I did on one day that we had a little bit of sun get some recording done in the garden for a new class coming up all about chamomile. I'm working on a whole new series of online classes uh, about some individual plants, learning everything you can about these plants from growing them and cooking with them and creating crafts with them and, of course, their medicinal uses. And the first that I'm recording for is chamomile, and it will be done very soon. I need some more sunny days, so next week I think I ought to be able to 
get the last uh, filming and audio done, and then I'll start editing. And by August, we will have the first in that series. I plan to do several of these plants over time, and I'm going to try and get some more outdoor recording done before we get to the end of the growing season. So over the fall and winter, you'll be able to learn about some new plants or just learn more information about plants you already know ways that you can work with those plants. I just don't think we all realize, especially with chamomile, it's not just having a relaxing cup of tea. Um, It has so many uses in our lives, or can have so many uses in our lives. But next week, um, I will, let's see, I should look at what the calendar says. Not quite next week, (laughs) but I do have another online class coming right up and openings are uh, there right now. Uh, You can sign up on my website for the next class in the Pagan Holy Series course, and that is Lamas, also called Munasa, which is the first of three harvest festivals on the Pagan calendar. And Lamas has traditionally been the time of the harvest of wheat and oats and rye, those grains harvest. So when I teach these online courses in the Pagan Holy Days series, I begin uh, the course seven days before the actual holiday. And this year, uh, Lamas falls on August 2nd. So this course will begin on July 27th. But you can sign up now. And part of why I do these early signups is I always have an optional uh, companion kit available for those courses. They all have five items. And I don't usually share exactly what's in the box because I want you to be surprised. I want you to open it and be like, oh my gosh, this is what I get this time. Uh, and But I will share that this one in particular, I made a beautiful um, anointing body oil. Um, and then there are four other items that go in there. So sometimes they are for rituals, sometimes self-care, but they're always... Um, working around the theme of the course. They're for things that you can use during this course, uh, leading up to whichever holy day we are celebrating. So with Lamas, those seven days, I put in information, um, a missive of sorts, each day. So they each build towards that holy day. You don't have to follow along every single day, but they are there. Each day has an interjection. It has some ritual. It has some recipes for cooking. And this one in particular will have more uh, than a few recipes because it's all around the harvest of the produce of the season and the first breads of the season. Um, There is also lore of old, because these were uh, the holy days that were celebrated in the agrarian society of ancient times. They are the days um, created of celebration so that as people went through the year, they had this connection. I mean, they already had such a connection to the earth because they were the farmers and the foragers and the hunters and gatherers. Uh, And so they had a much deeper connection than we do today. 
And so these were those festive times for them to mark different important parts of the year. So the solstices were part of that, the longest and the shortest day. The equinoxes marking the center points where things were equilateral during the year. And then the days like Lamas, which is the middle between the two, between the solstice and the equinox. So there were eight holy days um, completely. And I love to bring them back into these courses so that we can figure out how can we connect both to those old Celtic rhythms of life, but also it brings our own connection deeper back into the earth itself. So we can do that in a modern way, remembering the old times, but bringing them back into into the lives today. So... Uh, If you go to my website, you'll find the sign-up for uh, the course under my online courses tab, and there's a link in there if you're interested in that companion kit. Uh, It is available for sale clear up until the day of Lamas, which is August 2nd. I am starting to ship out on the 20th those kits. And once we get to Lamas itself, I cut off the course and it will not be available again until next year. So um, I started doing these courses last year at Samhain. Halloween, and uh, we are almost back at full circle. So they will uh, each will open up again for that week during uh, when we come back around to that time in the season. Once you sign up for this, that is yours to keep forever. You can come back to that information over and over again. And what you'll find, uh, you don't have to pay for that again the next year, but you will get a little bit of new information because I'm already finding ways that I want to update each of those courses as I come back to them and reopen them. So uh, check it out. I'm really enjoying doing it, and I think you might uh, enjoy it too if you enjoy this podcast and things that I offer. So how was uh, this eclipse season for you? I think we still have one more in our future, but I got to tell you, I've talked to people uh, about this summer, and it's been a bit rough. Now, the eclipse season, the lunar eclipses and the solar eclipses, they don't have to be a full eclipse. They might be partial. You might not be able to see them where you live, but it doesn't mean it doesn't shake things up. And traditionally, within the astrological community, (laughs) excuse me, those are seen to have negative effects on our lives. But that isn't always the case. To me, it's the same as talking about getting out of balance of where our energy should be flowing. If you're aware of these happenings and you know what the signs are in the sky, like yesterday we had a full full moon and a partial lunar eclipse and... We were in uh, the sign of Capricorn, which is all about structure and doing and getting things done. Man, if you are in that flow, you really could rock it. But you have to realize that an eclipse is a time to shake things up and break things apart. So if you were trying to move against the flow, 
it's rough. <laughs> it can be really rough. I felt like I was having that day where I was just slogging through and things felt so stagnant. And it was, I was just trying to move against the flow of things. And <laughs> that can be the case. There are also um, many planets right now that are in retrograde. Most people are familiar with Mercury retrograde. Mercury rules communication and how um, we speak, how we um, communicate through letters, through email, through phones, um, lots of different kinds of communication. It might have to do with going to school and classes and how we get our information. When that is in retrograde, where literally the planet is no longer moving forward, but moving backwards, it can put things into chaos. And the reason we know the most about Mercury is that its retrograde happens three times during the year. Other planets might only happen once every few years, once every many years. And right now there are six planets that are doing that. And so combined with the eclipse season of breaking things down, I've heard from a lot of people that things are a bit rough right now. So just be easy with yourself. Um, another herb that I've been using a lot and I'm noticing I'm getting a lot of orders for online and purchases at the farmer's market is milky oat. Milky oat is one of those herbs that uh, is for your nervous system. It has some other wonderful um, qualities as well. It's very nourishing. But for your nervous system, in oats in their milky stage, which means as they're growing, and if you press on it just before it gets towards that seed point, but it's already there, you know, where it's formed and it's kind of sticky. If you press on that, it has a little white sap that comes out. That's the milky oat stage. And that's when I like to harvest mine. And I put them both in um, an alcohol concoction and I put them in a glycerite concoction. And so the glycerite uses glycerin and a little bit of water and I let that steep for six weeks and that is a non-alcoholic um, extract. And so I also do it with brandy and honey. And I just feel like brandy really can pull out that lower. We don't need the high proof alcohol with the milky oat, but the lower proof brandy pulls up probably just a touch more medicine than the glycerin does. But if you don't like alcohol, that glycerin works really well for this kind of a medicine too. And what the oats do is they help us be more resilient with stress. I feel like for me that... Um, I almost, those nerves almost feel elastic, like I can handle more stress. Um, not that you want to put yourself in a stressful situation, but when you get into these kind of uh, things around you are just happening and you can't really control what's happening in our celestial spheres and how it's uprooting things in your life. Taking some milky oat through that, uh, those changes, and uh, or maybe you have a new job, or it's you know towards the beginning of the school year, and there's just a lot going on. Um, taking milky oat can just help you be a little bit more resilient and deal with the stress a lot easier.
Rose is another wonderful one. Rose is calming and in the heat of summer, it's cooling. So I often will um, have rose petals in some of my teas. I like that. Um, and just smelling rose can be relaxing. So using a rose perfume, a rose soap, um, uh, spraying rose water on your face. I have a few new things that I'm going to be getting on the website soon with Rose. Um, they're just finishing the last of their um, infusion time because the wild roses that I picked um, a couple months ago in different areas are almost done. I have a lovely rose and elderflower facial spray that's uh, infused in witch hazel and the fragrance is lovely and I find it just calming and cooling. Sometimes and for some people needing to have the medicine inside our bodies is what's needed and at other times just the fragrance can really change your outlook. So the medicines of the day. <laughs> always you're going to hear about nettles. Nettles are always the medicine of the day. Um, but rose and milky oat for needing some resiliency and cooling, calming in life. Um, I also wanted to tell you about... Um, First of all, what I've been reading, The Lost Queen. I just finished this book. Uh, the Lost Queen by Sidney Pike. Uh, and I thought it was so funny. I knew that it was going to be, um, it's a fantasy, uh, I thought. And, um, and it takes place, it's almost like a precursor to an Arthurian legend uh, with the days of Merlin. However, um, what I found at the very end of the book is that it was a true story. I'm based on a true story, I should say, or not even based on true characters. How's that? I assume these were all characters of the author's imagination, but what it actually was is she had done this wonderful research of old Scottish royalty and different families of the Iron Age, um, just as Christianity was starting to build in the world. And so the old Scottish druids and wise women. And this is the story of the, of one of these uh, clans and families and kings and uh, lesser kings. And I didn't, I just love those kind of books. And so I was listening to it uh, for that. But... Here I am planning my next uh, festival and Holy Days series, and they're talking about what they're doing for Lamas and for and for solstice and towards other holidays. Holy Days, excuse me. And I'm like, this is the exact kind of thing I'm trying to get across. <laughs> but it, the story is really great. I really enjoyed it. And if you have an interest in uh, the old Celtic pagan ways and Arthurian legends, I think you'll really enjoy it. I will definitely be putting lots of links to these things in the show notes page on my website. So even if you listen through um, podcast.com or through um, Apple uh, iTunes, uh, you can definitely go to my website so you can check out the show notes. 
Uh, one more thing that I wanted to talk about before I sign off today, and that is an upcoming online summit. Uh, this one entirely on fermentation. And I don't know if you have seen these different kinds of summits. They're on all different kinds of subjects now, and they're really cool if you have the time to listen to them. Um, there will be a subject like this one will be on fermentation, and I will definitely be linking this in the show notes. Um, I believe it starts tomorrow, in fact, either tomorrow or the next day. And uh, it will be each speaker will uh, be on for 24 hours for free. The whole thing's free. So you can listen uh, to these speakers. I think this one is over eight days, maybe 10 days. And every day there'll be different speakers on the subject of fermentation. So they're talking about kombucha. They're talking about kefirs. They're talking about um, kimchi and making your own sauerkraut. There's the history of fermentation, why it's healthy uh, to be eating fermented foods. Um, it's going to be really, really great and really informative. Uh, the host is in Germany. So I really appreciate that this is not uh, information that I'm going to hear every day or read every day on American websites and in my cookbooks that I enjoy that I purchase from American authors. This really has um, a European um, sensibility to it and and fermentation especially in Germany and in Asia has you know still in traditional force and I mean fermentation has happened in every single country for eternity. It's just different types whether it's yogurt or kimchi or uh, kombucha or making pickles or kraut. Every country has some kind of a fermented food uh, that was traditional in their country. Now, in U.S., you know, we are the melting pot made of all these different countries. And in some cases, depending on the community and the family that you grew up in, you may still be enjoying making these things. Um, I had uh, my grandmother, my German grandmother, used to make sauerkraut when I was little. Um, so definite, definitely you might find these things So in your culture. But I, I really highly recommend this. Um, usually what happens is that you only get 24 hours to listen to each of them. You can definitely purchase the whole thing if you want to continue uh, to have the information for, you know, forever, basically. And there's always uh, different bonuses if you purchase it. Um and then, and if you purchase before it starts, which is what I did because I'm really interested in this kind of information, um, you get a, a much, much lower price. But often at the end of a summit, they will go back over a weekend and replay at least some, if not all, of the different interviews and speakers um, so that you get a chance to catch up. And there's always some that I don't have much interest in, although with this one, I'm interested in all of them. But often when I've signed up for different summits, I know the days that have key speakers I really want to listen to, and I'll look for those either that I might listen to them on the day that they are speaking or I'll go back on those weekend um, repeats, replays, and uh, listen again. 
So this one I think is going to be excellent. Fermented food is so wonderful for gut health and honestly for brain health too. So don't miss that. I also pulled out some of my favorite fermentation books that I already have, and I'm going to put some links to those on the website as well. One thing I can say is anything from Sander Katz, uh, who is a speaker in this, he is brilliant. He has done so much research over time on fermentation and has some big and smaller books on history, on practical recipes, all kinds of different things. He is a master. Um, a newer uh, person that is really uh, wonderful that I, I I just think he's amazing, Pascal Bowder, um, who has learned a lot from cats and then also is a wild food forager. And so he's got the whole fermentation thing going um, within the um, processes of cooking with wild foods, foraging your foods, and then um, cooking, and then also fermenting. Um, and you know, this is fermenting is a, another way to preserve your the longevity of your harvest as well. So, and that was the point with things like kimchi and kraut and making pickles is your you know so that you could enjoy your summer harvest in the winter. So uh, that's, you know, kind of where part of that began. But now we find that there were also healthful reasons in the process. So I will put uh, a little list of fermentation cookbooks and reading books I suggest, as well as the link to that fermentation summit. I thank you for listening today, and I will definitely be back with you next week. Um, and I just hope that you are being good to yourself and allowing your energy of life to flow free so that you stay healthy and um, are having a good flow within our crazy celestial spheres at the moment. <laughs> Go pour yourself a cup of wonderful herbal tea and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.